this evening from um, Luke's Gospel. Um, the first one is Luke chapter 3, verses 21 to 23, and the second is from chapter 4, verses 1 to 13. So starting in chapter 3, the baptism and genealogy of Jesus. When all the people were being baptised, Jesus was baptised too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened. And the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now Jesus himself was about 30 years old when he began his ministry. He was the son, so it was thought, Joseph. And moving on to chapter 4. The temptation of Jesus... Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. The devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered, it says, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Here ends the lesson. Hello, St. Saviours. Is that better? Well, it's so, uh, what I was saying a minute ago when I was, was actually how uh, good it is to see you all. And um, it's a funny time of year because it's not the start of the year, is it? It's actually. Um, not January, but there is a sense, September, new academic year, all that sort of stuff. And there is a sense of uh, a, the academic year starting, of course. And what I wanted to do, as Bex has alluded to already, is really tonight think about some basic things for us all to think about at the start of this term. And what I want to speak about tonight is this idea of us, this term, saying... We are going to walk this term connected to the Father's love. We're going to go through this term walking in connection uh, with the Father's love. Now, I don't know what the highlight of your summer holiday was. Some of you have told me. Uh, what I often love doing is I love going down to Devon. We go to a place called Bantham. Does anyone know Bantham? 
Okay, it's just me <laughs> and Bex. It's, uh, it's near Solcombe, and it's this wild beach, and we do this walk every time we go up onto the coastal path and uh, go with the boys, and we go via the gastro bus. It's about 25 pounds for a little espresso. You know, it's one of those. And if it's a freezing cold day, we buy hot chocolate. And basically, we go up over the cliffs, and it's beautiful view. You walk along the coast, and you go down, and I was there this summer, about a month ago. I was there with Bex, with Harry and Fred. I was thinking, this is absolutely fantastic. And I thought, actually, this, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong with this walk. And I suddenly thought, I know what it is. Jack isn't with us. My oldest boy isn't here. And I thought, this is not good. This is not good. And I want to actually say, when uh, we uh, don't walk with our father, uh, when we don't follow him, when we don't walk with him, it really grieves him. So I'm asking you, are you going to walk? Am I going to walk uh, with my father uh, connected to his love this term? Does that make sense? Okay, so you'll see from uh, the reading tonight that uh, I've picked the baptism and temptation of Jesus. What on earth has this got to do with what I'm talking about? Well, I think it's very, very key because the baptism of Jesus reminds us why it's so crucial to walk with our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father, when we connect to him, give us the three things that we need to flourish in life. The three things you and I need. If we're to find life, if we're to flourish, and in the next weeks and months, uh, really find that uh, freedom uh, and the life that God speaks of. The first thing you'll notice when Jesus is baptized, you know the picture. John the Baptist, he's been baptizing people uh, Jesus is baptized too, and this uh, voice comes from heaven. The first thing we need to um, actually um, know as we follow and walk with God is that uh, God is our Father. So God gives us our identity. And um, how secure are you in your identity at the moment? We look in all sorts of places uh, for things to identify us, don't we? And for example, um, you know, uh, our physical appearance, I'm tall, I'm sporty, uh, I'm blonde, uh, I'm short. Uh, we often sort of um, look at our physical appearance. We look at clothes to identify us, don't we? Super dry, or um, Jack Wills. There was a lot of that down in Devon. And, um, you know, these sorts of things, or our work, you know, uh, actually, uh, I, I, I'm a teacher, uh, I'm a CEO. Uh, I'm a plumber, uh, I'm a policewoman, whatever it might be. Uh, I'm a student, I'm at school, I'm doing my A-levels, whatever it is. But actually, ultimately, I want to remind us, if we're going to walk with our Father, uh, we need to remember this term as we begin, that we are children of God. That's who we are. We're, we're children of God. And when we come to faith, we're given this opportunity, this remarkable opportunity to join God's family. The Bible is full of this stuff. One, uh, John 1, 12 to 13, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born, not of natural descent, nor of human decision, or a husband's will, but born of God. Or 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. 
or Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Ephesians 3, uh, 1 to 8, I'll just read verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship or daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his great pleasure and will. So I don't know how you're feeling about the term. I don't know whether you've got new teachers. I don't know whether you've got uh, a new line manager. I don't know what's going on. But first and foremost, we need to walk with our Father uh, and connect to his love because he just gives us our identity first and foremost. That's the first thing we need to do or, uh, or be clear on if we're to flourish in life. The second thing we need, of course, is security. Uh, if we're to really flourish uh, at uni, uh, wherever we might be, we need security. And uh, Jesus, uh, the Father speaks security over Jesus. Uh, you're my son whom I love. We find our security in the love of God. We are loved and cherished people. God delights in us. And again, there's all sorts of scriptures about this. Zephaniah three seventeen, the classic. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who says he takes great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. He will rejoice over you uh, with singing. And so we need to, I want to just remind us all, we are very, very loved people of God. God has chosen us before the creation of the world. He's uh, uh, adopted us into his family. And whatever lies ahead this term, we need to not just hold on to our identity in him, but also our security in him. Uh, And uh, that's rooted in his love uh, for us. The third thing, of course, we need if we're to flourish in life is approval. We need uh, the approval of our Father in heaven. You're my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. There's this pleasure of God in us, uh, his children. I remember about 30 years ago, a friend of mine, I've never forgotten it, he, we were having a drink one night, and uh, he said, you know, we got, got into one of those deep conversations, he said, you know, uh, Mike, uh, to be honest, I've always felt my parents were mildly repulsed by me, just slightly. And I've never forgotten that. I have never forgotten that. that it's that mildly. If he just said repulsed, I would have forgotten that a long time ago. But you... It's just so awful, isn't it? But you and I, we need actually to know that we're very beloved of God. We're loved by God. And if we're to flourish this term, uh, you need to connect to your father who will speak your identity, remind you of your identity. He'll he'll give you security. Uh, Insecure people always end up in difficult situations and often uh, make difficult choices that that actually uh, dehumanize them. And also, uh, if we know we're approved of, uh, actually that's very, very powerful as we journey this term. So you've heard, have you heard that before? You've heard that before, haven't you? Many of you will have heard that before. Now the thing is, it's absolutely critical that we walk with our Father in heaven for uh, these reasons. This is the center of life as a Christian. This is the core. This is the foundation. This is our whole stability. So it's really, really important that we we do this. And actually, one of the interesting things is you and I will be tempted not to walk with our Father, connected deeply to our Father's love uh, this term. And you see that in the temptations 
for, uh, that Jesus faced right at the beginning uh, of his ministry, uh, which Deborah read so beautifully. And uh, what's the first temptation Jesus faced? Well, it was self-reliance, if you look at verses 3 uh, and 4. Let's uh, read these if I can find them. 3 and 4. The devil said to him, if you're the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it's written, man shall not live on bread alone. We, uh, we run the risk in our culture of, of being very autonomous and self-reliant. And actually, you know, how many people do you walk past every day plugged in to earphones, uh, looking at screens in their own little world, you know? And we have this autonomous temptation and to live apart from God, to, to actually fall away from our Father. That's the first temptation. The second temptation I want to suggest tonight is uh, actually um, self-actualization, where actually we look to our lives, to this term, and basically it's just about, we're, it's all about us and building our thing and striving, trying to build our own kingdom. And uh, there's nothing wrong, please hear me, with being ambitious. There's nothing wrong with being very focused, having goals, all those things. I think it's very, very wise to be like that. But actually, it's a temptation that Jesus faced, which he actually said no to. Uh, Temptation two, which is verses five uh, to eight. uh, Here we go. The devil led him up to a high place, showed him in an instant, all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I'll give you all their authority and splendor. It's been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. If you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it's written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. There's this sense of Jesus saying, you know what? I'm not going to grasp for power, for glory. I'm actually going to lay down my life and walk with my Father in heaven and uh, actually let go of all that could be mine. And uh, if you read Philippians 2, obviously that's a sort of extraordinary summary of exactly how Jesus uh, has emptied himself. Now, the third temptation, you probably spotted it, is actually to spend your life trying to impress people. And it, 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 is a, it is a temptation, it's often quite subtle, but we can end up trying to uh, impress people in a number of ways. We post stuff online, we do all the updates, we tweet. Uh, it really matters to us how many people like our uh, Instagram posts, all that sort of stuff. And, and we can get really bogged down in this, but you see this temptation. Jesus faced this temptation. Uh, verses 9 uh, to 13. The devil led him to Jerusalem, had him stand on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it's written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They'll lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Someone said the temptation here Jesus faced was kind of to be impressive and really spectacular. And that's what people wanted from him. But he actually walked away from that and resisted uh, that temptation. And uh, actually, when, the, when he finished, the devil uh, uh, left him. And uh, it says, until an opportune time. There's a sense that we face this temptation 
uh, to walk away from our Father and, and live in those kinds of ways. So really what I want to spend a chunk of time on tonight is answering this question. How can we walk closely with our Father in heaven? How can we remain connected to our Father in heaven? And I want to get really, really practical about this and think um, some practical tips that we can uh, uh, do this, uh, that will get us thinking about this at the beginning of the term. Here's the thing. If you're going to connect with your father, if you're going to walk in his love, in his grace, in his power, in his life, actually, you need to walk with great intentionality this term. Uh, I don't know what your priorities are, whether you're one of those people who thinks like that or not. But actually, first and foremost, we need to say, right, this is the way I'm going. Uh, There's so many things I can do. There's so many to-do lists, so many emails, so many essays, so many work projects, uh, so many things to do. But actually, I'm actually, this term, going to uh, walk closely with my Father in heaven because he loves me, he delights in me, and it's the source, the stability, the center, and foundation of my life. There's so many distractions. You, you see that with Mary and Martha in Luke 10, a few chapters on. You know, uh, Mary, sorry, Martha's distracted by many things. So are you up for just saying, okay, this term, I'm going with the Father. Are you up for that? I said, this term, are you up for saying, I'm going with the Father? Okay, secondly, uh, I've got five things, by the way. I think it's five. Now, the, the, the next thing you need to do is actually uh, walk prayerfully. Not just walk intentionally, firstly. You need to walk prayerfully. And what's fascinating is Jesus was a man of prayer. He is someone who modeled life in relationship with his father. I don't know whether you spotted it, that actually when this uh, voice came from heaven, when he's being baptized, uh, Jesus is actually praying. So he's a man of prayer. And if we're to walk in close connection with our Father in heaven, then we need to be people of prayer. And I want to remind you of some really basic things as we start this term. And to be honest, I'm reminding myself. How do you walk with prayer? You have to uh, establish a pattern of prayer that works for you with your spirituality and your personality and your life commitments. But you need a rhythm of prayer. Now, when I came to faith, uh, it was kind of, when you uh, come to faith, what you need to do, you have, a, have to have a quiet time every morning for an hour. And if you don't, quite frankly, you're horrible and you've blown it and you're a terrible Christian. And then there was about 10 years of actually, uh, God's everywhere, let's be gracious and let's not worry about that. I just want to say this. If you're to walk connected with your father in heaven, you need to be someone, I suggest, who has a regular time, a set time of prayer with God daily. So I don't know what you do. I'll tell you what I do. I get up at six and I'm reading the Bible through this year. Is anyone doing the Bible in a year? HTB's app, it's actually very good. There are lots of many great other apps, by the way. Uh, It's important that you read the word as well and you pray and you have a set time to do that each day because it won't happen otherwise and you'll really, really miss out. You'll really miss out on walking closely with your Father in heaven. So that's top tip number one. I know this is basic. Find a set time each day when you're going to do that, a set time. Now, what you also uh, need to do, I want to suggest, uh, you can do other little tricks. So when I was working in the city, I sometimes do this now as well, 
what I used to do is I'd put in my diary at lunchtime, one lunch a week, it was normally uh, a Thursday lunchtime actually, lunch with Steve in my diary. And everyone would be looking in my diary, lunch with Steve. It was lunch with God. And uh, basically what that meant was I would go and have a lunch break. I'd sit on my own, either in a cafe in the winter or on a bench with a sandwich in the summer, and I'd have an hour with God at lunchtime. Beautiful, wonderful. The other thing you need to do if you're going to walk closely with your Father in heaven is actually pray with other people. And so I had two other mates, Rog and uh, James. I forgot his name. He was my best man. And... um, We used to meet in a church on a Tuesday lunchtime in the city uh, near the law courts and it was downstairs in this crypt and we'd meet at uh, 12.45. I'd leave my office at 12.30. I'd get there at 12.45. We'd leave at 1.15. Half an hour, quick check-in. And we got really quick at it and prayed for one another. Off we went. You need to pray with other people regularly. And not just like, uh, there's all sorts of prayer stuff going on here, so we've got some really significant prayer meetings this term, but actually uh, you need to pray with big groups, but you need people who know you well, who can really champion you and minister to you and pray for you, if you're going to uh, remain connected to your father's love. The other top tip that just came into my mind, I used to go into work an hour early. I had to be there at 8.30, I got in at 7.30, and I would just, uh, that was my quiet time when I was uh, working in the city, and I would just have an hour before I sort of went into work, and it was just wonderful. It was to uh, set up the whole day. And um, please, as I say all this, don't hear legalism or do-do-do-do. This is about finding life and love and grace and the wildness of God, rather than distraction and haphazard living and crazy living, which uh, we we can all be prone to in our crazy culture that's so uh, busy and driven. So there are some ideas for you. The other thing, can I suggest on a Sunday, uh, do uh, get people to pray for you on a Sunday when you come. It's an opportunity for prayer. And, uh, you know, every service pretty much we get the opportunity for you to be prayed for. I would just go for that opportunity. uh, And actually, don't be shy. Don't worry what people think. Don't think everyone thinks you've got massive problems if you come to the front. Don't feel really, really self-conscious. Just get people to pray for you because it's powerful, it's transformative, it changes everything. Don't be mistaken. Now, if you really hate that, just get someone, uh, one of your friends, to do that as a matter of discipline. Uh, Get someone to pray for you, because you're seeking to walk with God, I assume, uh, as a Christian. Now, uh, the other thing you can do, is this helpful? Other thing you can do at the end of the day, uh, it's interesting, and if you look at church Christian history, uh, people have had regular times of prayer uh, through the day. And uh, one thing I've been doing uh, in, in recent years is doing a, a, an examine at night. And it's an examine, you kind of examine the day. It's Ignatian spirituality. And it's a sort of four or five step thing. You, I do it in bed and it's kind of, okay, step one, uh, just remember God's with you and the presence of God is with you. Step two, ask the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Step three, as you review your day. What's gone well? Uh, and you, ask, you do this prayerfully, uh, and you ask the Lord to encourage you, and if there's stuff he wants to speak to you about, uh, do that. And uh, then uh, the last step is kind of looking to the next day 
and praying for the next day and just saying, God, I'm going to go your way uh, tomorrow. Now, I often don't do that last step because it gets me thinking about the next day and then I think, oh my gosh, I start feeling a bit stressed, I can't sleep. So I don't do that. But, you know, it's good to have something at the start of the day, good to have something at the end of the day. And uh, that's just, it's just disciplines, practices, rhythms. It's got to work for you. You know, your thing could be you do this at 3.45 in the afternoon or 11 o'clock at night or, or 10 o'clock in the morning. What you, I don't know what your commitments are. But it seems to me we need to be people who actually uh, have these structures, form our own uh, rhythms and patterns of life because no one else is going to. Uh, and no one else is going to do it for us. And the days go by, the weeks go by, the years go by, and we sort of uh, often uh, feel a bit disconnected from our Father in heaven or not really walking closely to God. So there's some ideas there for um, prayer. And um, the other thing you can do, uh, as well as those formal things, is you need to, I want to suggest, learn how to walk with God through your day, when you're at uni, when you're at school, when you're at work. And uh, when I came to faith, someone uh, said, do you like reading? I said, I love reading. And they said, um, here's a book. It's a great book. They handed me this book called Practicing the Presence of God by this guy called Brother Lawrence, who was a medieval monk. Now, he uh, was a washer-upper in a monastic kitchen, and uh, he used to wash up and be open to the presence of God. And that really struck me as a new Christian, because I thought, I thought I had to be in church to pray, I thought I had to be on my knees to pray, I had to have my hands up, gosh, so that means I can pray anywhere. It really, really helped me. Then someone else uh, uh, recommended uh, a few years ago this book, uh, Letters of a Modern Mystic by uh, Fran uh, Frank Laubach. And this might freak you out, okay? It freaked me out. But he uh, was a missionary in the Philippines, and he thought, I just can't seem to walk closely with God. How on earth can I do this? What practically can I do? Guess what crazy idea he came up with? He said, I am going to remember God for one second in every minute of every day I'm awake. Now that is a bit freaky, isn't it? Um, but uh, that's what he did. He's written this great book. It sounds sort of um, crushingly uh, overwhelming, but actually it's a way of opening your awareness to God. And he's got tips around how you can do that when you're commuting, when you're at work, when you're with family members, when you're having a meal, when you're reading something, when you're in a lecture at uni. He, he says you can start praying about, uh, you know, for example, uh, Lord, just show me what I need to retain here. Would you help me concentrate? And you start just praying as you go. I went into Sainsbury's uh, last week. I've, uh, I was trying to get some chili flakes. <laughs> Does anyone ever cook with chili flakes? Oh my goodness, I never do. But anyway, uh, so I'm trying to find these chili flakes. Say to the woman in Sainsbury's up on the high street, I need some chili flakes. And we, we had this long conversation. She's a really lovely woman and we got talking. I found myself just praying for her and um, just being aware of the presence of God in her life. It's simple things like that. And uh, what I did, it drove Bex nuts, but I bought this watch, and uh, basically um, it's got this timer on it. This is a vibration watch, ladies and gentlemen. And so actually it doesn't have an audible alarm. It just vibrates. And I set it to a minute. I've just set, I just, I've just set it going. And uh, for about a week, I lasted a week or two, every minute it just started to vibrate. Because I wanted to see if I could do what this guy was talking about. Now, um, it'll vibrate in a minute, or in, a, in actually 45 seconds. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, actually, uh, it was a bit. It was a bit crazy. But I tell you what, it did. It, I completely failed. But it actually opened my eyes to God, and awareness of God, and it developed my spiritual openness to my Father in heaven in situations that aren't spiritual. Uh, or particularly religious, and it just opened me up to God. And I really, really encourage that, 14 seconds. And um, you might be sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, how on earth can I do this? I read this other book by this guy called O'Hallersby. He's a Norwegian, quite a famous, dead now, but famous Norwegian Christian um, pastor. It's vibrating. Can you hear it? You can't, so it's secret. And so you just go like that, and then it's reset. Another minute, you get another reminder. But what you could do is you could, set an, you could set an alarm on your phone to an hour. And then 8, 12 times a day, you could just be nudged. What's that alarm? I can never remember why I set it. That's my problem. But the, 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 thing, is, the, thing, is, the thing is useful. So um, you might be freaked out. There's this Norwegian pastor called uh, O'Hallersby. He's written this book on prayer. It's pretty good. He says all you need really to be a person of prayer is first things to be accessible to God. Uh, and he says, you know, Revelation 3.20, I stand at the door of knock. Anyone who invites me in, I'll go in and eat with him and he with me. And so availability, accessibility. How accessible are you to God throughout your day? You know, I tried to get hold of, uh, many years ago, someone quite famous. Uh, I was the best man at a wedding, and this guy loved this, this rugby player. It was Dean Richards. It was a while ago. Uh, and uh, so I just got the number, Leicester Tigers Rugby Club. I said, can I speak to Dean Richards? Uh, a minute later, yeah, Dean Richards here. <laughs> and uh, so we had this chat. But how accessible are you to God? Uh, often we're not very accessible. We're doing our thing, aren't we? And we've got to learn to be accessible to God. Uh, so that's that. He said, first, be accessible. Second, you've got to be helpless. If you want to be really good at prayer, you've got to have a sense of your own helplessness. I can't do this. This is crazy. That's certainly where I am. Because you'll depend on God if you're like that. And the third thing you need, he says, is you need uh, faith. Because prayer really matters. Prayer is really powerful. And uh, we really, really miss out if we're not people of prayer. And, it, uh, you know, uh, the church uh, needs to be a place of prayer. I don't know whether to carry on. So that was my second thing. I've got five, but I'm going to just carry on because I think it's good. And we'll be here to about half past nine. Uh, we won't. I'll try and do this fast. Now, the other thing I want to suggest, if you're going to walk with your Father in heaven, is not just uh, actually live with intention, not just live with prayerfully. You need to be someone who takes holiness really, really seriously. You need to walk with holiness. Uh, here's a couple of verses. Uh, um, Deuteronomy 8, observe the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. Galatians 5, I say then, walk by the Spirit. You'll not carry out the desire of the flesh. Uh, Ephesians 2.10, for we're his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time that so that we should walk in them. Romans 13, let's walk with decently decency as in the daylight, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual impurity and promiscuity, not in quarreling, quarreling and jealousy. You know, they're all real issues for us, aren't they? It sounds a bit old-fashioned language, but, you know, people get niggly, relationships get strained, people lose their self-control, uh, 
uh, and, and all, all these sorts of things are issues. They're certainly uh, issues for me, I have to say. So we need to be people, if we're going to walk with our Father in heaven, who go for holiness. And you've got to put a stake in the ground. Because again, it doesn't just happen being holy. Uh, Paul talks about training yourself, setting your sights on the goal, running uh, to win the prize, and all those sorts of phrases. And uh, what you need to do, uh, I want to suggest, is just be mindful where you tend to slip in holiness. Where are your weaknesses? Uh, Where do you tend to fall? And you need to be mindful of those things. You also need to be someone who knows how to confess your sins really quickly. Uh, uh, If you do something wrong, just lift it up to your Father in heaven quickly. And he forgives you uh, immediately. This is the thing. And uh, actually, what's extraordinary about God is uh, he is so generous and loving and kind. But you need to be someone who uh, can actually walk in forgiveness. Shall I tell you something? You'd think it would be easy to walk in forgiveness, wouldn't you? It's actually quite hard when God wipes the slate clean. And uh, people struggle with that. Christians struggle with that. I speak to so many Christians who feel guilty about things. And yet, we believe that when uh, uh, we bring stuff to God, uh, he forgives us. And it's done. It's dealt with. He forgets it. He separates us as far as the East is uh, from the West. And can I encourage you, where you uh, have identified your weaknesses, maybe you're a bit of a gossip. Maybe you're picking fights with people. Maybe it's something sexual. Maybe it's something addictive you're doing. Could I encourage you, if you're going to really take this seriously, to get some people around you, or even one person around you who can, you, you can just talk to um, and say, could you ask me each week about that? And it might be the thing changes. Now, uh, fourthly, let's this term walk with courage. Now, one of the things that's fascinating about this passage, I don't know whether you spotted it, is that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was led by the Spirit uh, into the wilderness. And um, actually, um, in life, this term, we're going to face challenges. Now, some of those, uh, if you believe the Bible, will be from Satan himself. I know that sounds really like in 2017, a bit of a crazy thing to say. But if you have a Christian worldview, uh, that is true. Uh, some of those things will be from life circumstances. But here's the thing. God himself leads us into challenges and tests. Uh, he did with Jesus, and he does with us. Have you ever felt God leads you into tests? I, I, I've been a Christian about 25 years, and I have to say I've had very many tests and challenges, more than I'd like, to be honest. I see some of them definitely uh, from Satan, the devil. I, I see some of them just life circumstances, just what happens. Uh, but some of them God has put me in difficult situations. And why has he done that? Because actually he wants me to grow in my love for him, my dependence on him. He wants me to find life in him. And uh, actually you'll find that some of the stuff, uh, uh, if we take this seriously, um, actually uh, God will lead us into testing times. Uh, He's faithful. He only does it forever or for a motive uh, of love. But actually, that's really, really important to recognize. So if you're going to walk with your father, uh, this uh, term, you're going to have to be a person of courage. People think Christians are sort of, they've checked out, and they're they're somehow weak people. Actually, you've got to be very courageous to be a Christian, particularly in our culture that is increasingly uh, anti-Christian. You've got to be very courageous to live the life that Jesus wants you to lead. And uh, so, uh, are you up for living with courage? 
Um, Jesus lived with courage. You know, actually the opposition uh, from the Pharisees, the misunderstandings from the disciples, uh, his persecution, uh, he had a total nightmare in many ways. Uh, And yet, as we can see here, some of these things came from his father who was seeking to uh, actually build his intimacy, build his trust. The final thing, are you still awake? Hands up if you're still awake. Is one person awake? Okay, this is the final thing. You've got to walk, I would suggest, with expectations as you follow your Father in heaven. What, what are you expecting? What are you expecting from God this term? What's fascinating is that the Spirit uh, leads Jesus into the wilderness. He goes in... Um, full of the Spirit, and he leads, having been tempted and tested, full of the power of the Spirit. We're going to look at this next week. And actually, uh, when we walk closely with our Father in heaven, you know, uh, actually, we, we see great things. We see extraordinary things. Now, you look at history, uh, and you look at the people God has used really, really powerfully. They're men, they're women, they're, some are educated, some aren't, some are young, some are old, uh, some are from Asia, some are from Europe, some are from Africa. They all have one thing in common, even though they're very diverse, is that they are people who actually walk with God and closely experience the power of God. And so I want to ask you in closing, I guess, what are your expectations? Uh, What what are you hoping God's going to do this term in your life? Have you got any? He's phenomenally powerful, you see. What about uh, your family? What's he going to do through your family, through your brothers, through your sisters, through your children? What's he going to do? Got any expectations? Uh, What about in your workplace? Through your career? Got any expectations about what your Father in Heaven's going to do there? Or is that, no, 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 that's not really spiritual stuff. Or I don't even do, don't join those things. What about in the church? What about at university? What about at school, you know? We're connected with this extraordinary person who is God, who loves us, who delights in us, who's calling to us to walk closely with him. What are you hoping him to do? Why not tell the person next to you? 